Susan, butcher box to the rescue. The other night we had some friends over for dinner and we had no idea what to make. And I was like, guess what? We have a freezer full of meat. So my husband went down and thawed out some chicken from butcher box and made the best cocoa van that we've had in a long, long time. Yeah, you'd have been screwed without butcher box because I know you ain't got no time to go to the store right now. That's true. I don't have time to go shop for meat or pick out the meat or find the best quality, low priced meat. So butcher box does all of that for me. So true story, my husband's workplace has a Slack channel called Smoked Meats. And I know you can't like win a workplace conversation, but he is now because with Butcherbox, his great cuts of meat to the door, they can cook up and take photos of for his workmates. I love Butcherbox and I think other people would too. Butcherbox is the ultimate convenience, delivered right to your doorstep, free shipping always, with curated customized box plans. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork, raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. There are a variety of high-quality cuts at an amazing value with exclusive membership deals. They also provide recipe inspiration, guides, tips, and hacks. Sign up at butcherbox.com proof and get our special deal. Butcherbox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20% off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com proof and use code proof to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Susan, you know, we all carry around different stressors, some big and some small. And sometimes they all tend to hit you at once on the same day. Yeah, like today. (laughs) It's not been a great day. More on that later on the show. But we all carry on these stressors and keeping them bottled up can affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself and it isn't just for those who experience major trauma. It's also for those who've experienced a lot of bad things happening on one day. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash proof today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash proof. Hi, and welcome to this week's Sidebar. We're here to discuss episode one of season two of Proof. Since this is the first episode of the season, this sidebar will be short, but we wanted to say hi and talk to you about what's to come in the season ahead. I'm here with Kevin Jacinda. Hey guys. Hey Susan. Hey Susan. So we finally left Georgia. <laughs> yeah, it's a little sad not to be back in Rome, but um, and we went all the way across country to Manteca, California. Yeah, the flight to Georgia is definitely easier, but uh, we've been out to California quite a lot um, working on this case, and we're really excited about the season to come. Yeah, I think it's an incredible story. And every time we went to California, I thought the story became a little more 
bizarre and just not to be believed. Wow. Yeah, we knew going in that it was kind of a crazy story, but I don't think any of us had any idea what we'd uncover. And we had ideas about where this case would be going. And then we got there and realized that we were heading off in directions we never could have anticipated. Yeah, it seems like every every possible bizarre or unfortunate situation that could have happened did happen. Yeah. Manteca itself is in the Central Valley of California, um, San Joaquin Valley. And it's like, what, on a bad day, two hours from the Bay Area, from downtown? I think that's on a good day with the traffic, but yeah. Yeah, and it's, um, so basically, it's a medium-sized town between Modesto and Stockton. And like we said in the show, it really is kind of commuter town nowadays, especially. Back in 2000, it was much smaller, had a much more small town kind of feel to it from what everyone has told us. But nowadays, it's very much a place where people live and then go commute to jobs um, in SF. Yeah, back when this case happened, people describe it as orchard farms and fields. And I think it probably felt a lot more remote than it does now. Yeah, they definitely called it like rural and a cow town. And the farmland basically creeped right into the city. It also sounds like from descriptions of growing up there back in the 90s and early 2000s, that kids could just run around neighborhoods unsupervised, you know, kind of like free range kids, if you will. Yeah, I remember you asking one witness who was describing what it was like growing up then. You're like, basically, the rule was like, you have to come home when the streetlights turn on. And they told you, no, it was we couldn't come home until the streetlights turned on. Yeah, like get out of the house, go do something. I think that it's a town that has been sort of overrun by city sprawl, right? The prices. Well, not city sprawl as it is like sub development sprawl. Well, what I was going to say is like the prices of San Francisco have pushed people further and further out, and the population yeah. of San Francisco has pushed people further and further out. And 25 years ago, it was just kind of a a small town without much infrastructure. And now, I mean, you wouldn't recognize it. It's completely different. Yeah. You know, this case has some similarities to the case we did last season, Russian Roulette. It involves a bunch of teenagers, it's two co-defendants who were both found guilty. It's sort of a rural setting. And we'll get into this more as the season goes on, but there's definitely some other common themes that I know when we were working on it, Jacinda and I would look at each other and be like, this is just Floyd County all over again. Some of the same tropes, I guess, is the word to use, were definitely employed at the trials in these cases as they were for Lee and Kane. Yeah, and another similarity is that we couldn't find a good Manhattan in Manteca either. Have you ever found a town outside of New York with a good Manhattan? No, actually Ripon. Is that where we were? That, oh, that's right. Yeah, that Ripon, I have to say, that place had some good cocktails. Ripon is a, a nearby town, and we found a restaurant there um, that made some good cocktails. In case you're wondering, um, the name Manteca means lard in Spanish. <laughs> what are we going to say about that? <laughs> Apparently, it was a mistake. Apparently, it used to be Manteca. And somehow along the way, someone wrote like a train station sign wrong. So, so the name is stuck. So, Lard. It's just like a mispronounced name thing. It's like a Godfather thing, like Don Corleone. Yeah, Manteca, Lard. It was supposed to be like the land of milk and something, right? Cream and milk, honey. something honey, and and instead 
it was it became lard. Another fun Manteca trivia fact. Some people believe that Manteca is where Rick and Morty is set because the crater is from there. Hmm. Really? I didn't know yeah. that. I wonder if there's any truth to that. I could confirm that. I know someone who works on that show, so I'll ask them and we can we can confirm that or not. But one of the big differences, though, of course, is that for Lee and Kane's case, no crime was committed. A teenager died in a tragic accident. Whereas in this case, there very much was a victim and very much a horrible crime occurred. Um, right. And then what that means, which is different from Lee and Kane, is that if Jake and Ty didn't do it, then someone else did. Yeah. This case is unsolved and someone, whatever you think happened, quite literally got away with murder. It's not just about trying to figure out how Ty Lopes and Jake Silva were convicted and what happened in that investigation and case. It also means we're trying to find out what happened to Renee. It's a story where there are lots of different suspects. I think that the few times I joined you both in California, I was sort of stunned to realize how many other viable people could be considered for this crime. And it started to get into your head a little bit. You're like, well, that's kind of crazy. Like it could be this person or it could be this person or this could have happened or this person may know something. And it seemed like every time we sort of turned the corner, there was somebody else who had a theory about someone else who did it. And there are people who were accused but never actually charged, but have been living with those accusations for 23 years now. Um, and have been considered suspects or people have been confident they were involved and they never had a chance to clear their name. Yeah. And and I think those those sort of rumors and accusations in that town really did damage a lot of lives. And yeah. there's this sense in that town, at least the people that I spoke to with you, that they all have such certainty that they know what happened. And then you talk to somebody else and it could be something completely different. There's there's a lot of this story that I think is built on rumor and um, stories that have been circulating for decades. And it's just this this vibe of everybody who just kind of knows that this thing took place and they have an idea that they know what happened. There are a lot of people in that town who are confident that the real truth never came out. Yeah. And so yeah. that's what we're doing this this season is trying to chase the truth. We're trying to find the actual truth. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a fascinating story in, in kind of the study of a town and how a town comes to sort of view this crime and, um, I think the the people who listen to it are are really going to be compelled by the story and and the turns that it takes. So this season for sidebars, like Susan said, we're going to talk about the episodes. We'll answer questions. We also have some guests lined up to join us, and we'll also hear from Lee and Josh, Jeff Titus, and uh, hopefully we'll even have a special appearance from Joey Watkins. I'm excited for the season and can't wait to tell the rest of the story to you guys. Until next week, see ya. You've been listening to Proof Sidebar, a podcast by Red Marble Media in association with Glassbox Media. Send us your questions and comments at proofcrimepod at gmail.com. Follow us everywhere with the handle at ProofCrimePod and on our website, ProofCrimePod.com. Regular episodes drop on Mondays and you can find sidebars on Thursdays. Thanks so much for listening.